Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. Okay, we are live on wonderful social media. So thank you for tuning in. We have uh, today is the, gosh, today's the 16th, I believe. Let me double check that. This week's going by like crazy. Yes. (laughs) So it's Wednesday, December 16th, and we have uh, on our Reflection Artist Live podcast, uh, Billy Smith, known as Detail Billy. Uh, he's been in the industry for 34 years. Uh, he's had his own business in Akron, Ohio for over 21 years now. Uh, super involved in the industry, goes to a lot of events and just want people to get to know uh, this, you know, one of many golden nuggets in our industry as an as a owner operator at that in a shop. Um, and everybody gets to know who Billy is and, and you know, the, the ups and downs that he's gone through, just like anybody else in the, in the 21 years of business and overall 34 years of this wonderful detailing industry. So, Billy, thanks for having you on. And um, tell me a little bit about how you got started in detailing and where that all started to uh, come about. Hey, Justin, thanks for uh, the invite. I appreciate it. Um, my detailing uh, started, I was about 15 years old, always really liked uh Cars, was always messing around with cars and stuff. And uh, I had an aunt that was actually a detail manager for 23 years at a local detail shop. And when I started detailing, there wasn't a lot of detail shops around. There was like one about every city in Akron, Ohio. So uh, we kind of uh, hung out with her a little bit and everything, and she wanted to hire me. Uh, I was uh, got in a lot of trouble as a kid, of course. Um, Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone has a sad story. I just wanted to make mine a little better. So uh, as we say in my family, we were two things in business. We were carpenters and detailers. Well, I couldn't read a tape measure, and that's where I'm at today. <laughs> so uh, after that, uh, I had a bunch of, uh, I had ADD real bad growing up and everything. And after that, um, I needed to figure out how to get my life in order growing up. Um, I've been on my own since I was 15, taking care of two brothers, working full time, going to high school, graduated high school. And then uh, on top of taking care of my brothers, just, you know, I had a pretty rough go at it and I had some good mentors that were actually in the detailing business that really really looked out for me so they kind of helped me hone in my detail aspect of it and after that I just kind of felt like I was born with a polisher in my hand Um, I just love it there's nothing about detailing that I don't love my wife actually thinks I'm a little addicted to it I spend a lot of time uh, every day every day from the, when I, since I could get on the internet until now, I'm constantly looking at detailing stuff, detailing stuff, trying to improve myself, the business, trying to learn from just everyone in the industry. So then I, uh, after I graduate, I go into the military. Luckily I go into transportation. So I drive for a colonel. Well, of course we all know what the colonel is going to want. So I got that, uh, I had to detail the vehicle every single day, tire shined it up, made sure it looked good, blah, blah, blah. And he just absolutely loved me. So I drove for him for a while and uh, had a detail on the side at the base and everything. And then after that, came back home, um, started my business. How did that, how, what, what amped you up to start your own business at that point? I mean, especially with your military background, you've sure had other opportunities that could have put you in other directions. I did. I did. Um, I just loved cars and it's a passion and very soothing for me to just go in and start working on a car. And I love the, before, you know, you got this 
car that's just not so good, not so clean, and the transformation. That's really, really that always captured my attention as a young man. So I'm just like, let's try this out. So after I get back to the military, I work for about, I don't know, about 15 or different, 15 or 20 different detail shops. And what I did is I set a goal within two years of working at these detail shops. What I wanted to do is find out what all these guys are doing wrong and implement it into starting my own business. And how old were you at the time? Uh, I started my business in my late twenties. So I started my business. So, um, had a few kids then. So it was a little scary, of course. Yeah. But, uh, I was blessed with, uh, the places I worked at, I had a lot of connections. I, I've always been a people person. So I was able to build relationships with used car guys. And by the time I started my business, all the used car guys were now general managers, used car managers, and stuff like that. They, so, wait, they worked their way up the food chain. Correct. And they took me with them. So every time they need some little peddly stuff to do, guess what? I was their, their guy to do it. So they remember that, which was nice. Oh, yeah. Building those relationships makes a big difference for the future. So one day I walk into the last detail shop I was working at. I looked around. There was 30 cars in the detail shop. And I'm like, man. 90% of these cars are here because of me. Why am I not doing this for myself? So I go into the owner and I say, hey, I'm giving you a two-week notice, and I'm sorry, but most of this work's probably going to go with me. He kind of giggled said, okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I called up a few buddies, and with $400 and an 88 Astro van, my business was uh, born. Nice. Yeah, so it was uh, really scary. I had three kids at the time. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is crazy. Was the Astrovan still semi family vehicle and work vehicle? Uh, <laughs> no, I was blessed to have a Toyota Tracel two door with no air. Oh, as a goodness. Car, so <laughs> it was not a good situation, but I didn't want my kids involved in any of the chemicals I may have spilled in the vehicle. So I did Smart keep man, smart I, man. I did try to keep that, you know, I'm a little goofy because the chemicals I'm sure as it is, but I try to keep them away from my kids. So uh, we started our business, mobile actually, going to dealership to dealership to dealership. And then uh, one of my dealers go, you know what? You've been such a blessing to us. We're going to pay for a one year lease on a building and we want, it's going to be yours. We need you to get in there and start pumping out cars. So I did that for uh, probably about 10 years. I was in business and then I. So dealer work is kind of where you were in that, that first 10 year time frame, that first decade, a lot of yeah. dealer work. Yeah. That's, that's just, that's 90% or I'd say 80% of my business now. Gotcha. So I just. What, what decade was that, would you say? Like the 90s, the early uh, 2000s? Uh, 2000s. Early gotcha. 90s, early 2000s. When, car, when, when people were actually selling good quality cars. Yeah. And now, just to, to let people know, that time frame and doing wholesale work, and maybe not your numbers, but what was the average vehicle going for, for, for a wholesale price for a detail Oh. interior exterior kind of combo what, what, what was the going rate then this is gonna hurt my heart when i tell you this 65 dollars inside oh. and out motor wheels tires all the way down so your hustle was strong you were turning and burning left and right in order to make the the revenue you needed to sustain it was it was yeah. so uh i learned to uh move fast um i created my own uh detail system and for uh production work. Yep. Um, I actually was a subcontractor for about 25 dealers around the country that I would go in and uh, I'd set them up on how to do production work because I was working at a auction here in Akron and they really liked it. And one of the dealers from another state says, can you come show my guys how to do this? So I did that for about two years on top of my business. Oh, nice. So that was, that was, a, that was good experience to have for me because again, you get to see what a lot of people are doing wrong or right. And they paid you for your time 
Oh, no certainly. And they actually, I just lost a few contracts probably about, about five years ago, really. They, I had two to three year contracts with these guys. They time they wanted me to come in and uh, diagnose the problem. A lot of times it was over the phone and stuff, which I was lucky. And they, they paid me a certain amount every single month. Oh, very nice. So basically you were their consultant for their detail part of the business. Very much so. Very cool. That's very cool. And that was basically an additional source of revenue on top of you running your and operating your business. 100%. Very cool. Awesome. So that's where I got into the training aspect of it. And that's, that's my long-term goal is to have a facility where I can just train. I, I, I love being around detailing, I, even though a lot of people think that they're doing something wrong in the is industry, that's not the case. You're just doing it differently. If we're getting the end result, it doesn't matter how many times we go at it. You know, you can vacuum a carpet the same as 10 different people, but there's gonna be 20 people that do it totally different than you. And my goal is to watch each individual person and put something together that makes it very simple and very easy for everyone else to understand. No, that makes sense. More proficient, more efficient in regards to every step makes every step has a purpose. So that way, as as you move forward, each step is complementing the next step. And then, of course, what's left behind is what you did for the process. Correct. Yeah, no, I like that. And that's exactly what you need to be doing in production style with wholesale, because that's in order to move and get stuff done. You have to have a process. Turn them and burn them, buddy. Turn them and burn them. <laughs> So now, you know, after, you know, with everything, you know, you, you, your first 10 years, now your second 10 years, what, what do you see different that you did that, that made you a better business person? What transitions and, and hurdles did you have for that? Well, in the beginning, I definitely was not a businessman. I was a detailer. I was not an entrepreneur. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of webinars and a lot of older guys on the, believe it or not, the West Coast, really beating in my head. You need to become an entrepreneur, not a detailer. You cannot run your business that way. And that was the last five years, really, I really worked on that where I'm more of an entrepreneur than, but you can't beat that detailer out of me. I can just tell you that. Oh yeah. That's what keeps oh, you hungry. Oh, I'm telling you, buddy. Um, the, 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 key, the key to my last five, 10 years of success is building a good team. One thing I like, is uh, I go to a lot of local detail shops. I have nine detail shops within three miles of me. And you go in there and ask the guys, what are you using your hand? What, what is the purpose of it? You know, it's the pink stuff, or I'm not sure what the dilution ratio is, or this or that. Are you IDA certified? What, what is the IDA? So I'm like, that's not what I, what I want to be. I You can have any detailer or any person come off the street walk up to any of my guys and ask them, what are you using? What is the purpose of it? And the dilution ratios, are you certified? My guys are all IDA certified except one right now. And everyone is trained before they even touch one of my vehicles. They learn my processes and everything like that. And as far as employees that you have now, where are you at with how many employees you have? Um, right now we have Six full-time guys, three part-time, two drivers, and a prepper. So, oh, wow. Wow. We actually just moved it. We actually just moved into a 10,000 square foot facility that has a uh, light right outside of the door that about 14,000 cars stop at daily. Very nice. So that's Very actually nice. been a blessing to us, actually. Yeah, with this whole COVID thing, I'm sure it has. Oh, it definitely has. One hundred percent. Now, when you when you obviously first got into this, you were solo. What was some of the hurdles that you had as you started developing a team? You know, as you started adding employees, what was some of the you know the process that you had to go about and the pros and cons of all that? Um, learning that not everyone can do it like I can, and no one cares about your business like you do. That's the biggest thing that I learned. Once you get over that hurdle and you accept people for who they are, and all you can do is train them, and hopefully they follow some type of process or take your process and apply it to their process and make it even better. My goal is, my goal is I'm not the best in my shop. 
my goal is I want everyone to exceed my expectations. Yep. There, there's, there, there's, there's no best detailer in this. You know, back when I was back when I was uh, detailing in the '90s and uh, 2000s, everyone was against each other in this industry. Everyone, oh, I'm a best detailer, or this guy's the best polisher, or blah blah blah. So great today that I can call up 15 detail shops now and ask them a question, and every one of them will answer me because we developed a good camaraderie and now we work well together. And that's what you basically implemented with your employees as well. 100%. 100%. My guys, you'll never see my guys over there talking trash on Facebook or something, you know, making fun of someone's post because some guy didn't polish paint right or this or that. No, we don't do that. We want to uplift everyone. We don't want to hold everyone down. 100%. That's a good mentality to have. That that keeps the checks the ego at the door, if any, you know, and it allows you to have, you know, a, a, a smooth operating shop that, uh, you know, that doesn't manifest these issues, you know, and then it all just explodes one day because somebody's ego or whatever it may be, which I've seen happen in, in, in other places and our industry overall, right? 100%. It happens all the time. And you know what? I just kick that negative to the door and it is what it is. You know, I mean, some people you're just not going to change. No. And, and to your point, you know, when you train people, that's the thing, your process. And that's what I've learned is that, you know, your, your individual hundred percent is not their hundred percent. And the, you know, their hundred percent is not your hundred percent. That's just, just how it is. And you have to accept that once you can accept that, that's how you can grow. And because there's a lot of people that both you and I know that run shops that are successful the biggest hangup they have is they, they always talk about they can't find employees because they don't let themselves find an employee. They don't accept that the employee is not going to be able to do everything that they can do and some. They don't have the patience to say, you know. To that's definitely that. something you learn to have as an owner. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's that's part of the transition of, of being an a, a entrepreneur owning a business versus just being a detailer. Because if you just stick as a detailer mentality – in trying to find employees and, and it's just going to be an uphill battle all the time. <laughs> Keep my hair this short for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about the new facility. What are you doing as far as services and how is that operating? Um, well, we were in about 3000 square foot facility. Um, we actually have been looking at this property for some years. It's kind of a, uh, historical landmark in our area. It was called the junk store back in the day. Anytime you needed a nut or a bolt or that crazy little screw, this place would have it. So everyone knows this building. You just say, I'm in the junk store. I don't even tell them I'm at Akron Pro Detail. I just tell them I'm at the junk store. And they're like, oh, I know right where you're at. So that that was kind of a, a good niche for us. And that other location, did you say how long, how long was it there? I was there for about five years. Well, no, the, the junk store, how long was that established for? And that Oh, that was probably about 20 plus years, really. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like I said, everyone, everyone knew, it, knew it as the junk store. And I'm talking, I got old timers coming in, you know, like 80, 90 years old and said, oh, yeah, we used to come in here for this and that. Well, they come in still thinking it's this and that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they come in and they see a new, the new the new facility. So um, it was very dark, dingy. We spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, and uh, we have a real nice facility now. We have a big 3,000 square foot showroom that I do all my ceramic coatings in. Um, I've actually trained a few of my guys who they're still in the process of learning how to ceramic coat. So uh, I've been doing majority of it on my own and kind of running the shop as well. Um, I hired my daughter, my middle daughter as our general manager. She's been around the business so long, so it was just a good fit for us. Um, she's actually been with us for about four months, I think now, um, doing a great job, just keeping the guys in line and making sure everything's running smooth. Why I handle ceramic coatings, and she handles all the day-to-day -day stuff for me, which is that really took a lot off me, so I can concentrate on other things. We do uh, windshield repair, wheel repair, bumper repair. We so we we do a lot of stuff on top of just detailing. Oh, wow. And that all accommodates the, the wholesale and the dealerships too. 
Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It falls right in line with everything that they would request that they would typically outsource, but instead you get to have it all under one roof. One-stop shop. They love that. Not well, some do. I have one dealer that would rather spend $10,000 a month in 10 different places and one dealer that spends 10000 a month and is happy with that in one space. Some, some of these car guys are just a little odd to me when it comes to money. They just... They just don't like to spend it in one place. Like they're doing me a favor too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're giving you too much. Hey, that guy's no, no. These these guys are a dime a dozen. They're like dishwashers. We could just replace them. Yeah, 100%. good luck with that, buddy. Well, that's the good thing about me. Um, I charge more than anyone in my area for dealer work. Um, I'm not getting anywhere near sixty. I'm getting way more than sixty-five now. I can tell you that. And uh, the key to owning and dealing with dealers. I see it all the time on Facebook or some kind of social media platform. Everyone's of, oh, don't do that, don't do that. If you develop a relationship with your used car manager and the owner, used car managers come and go every single day, but the owner is the owner. He's not going anywhere. No. So that's just what I've done is I've developed relationships with these guys and they don't use anyone else because I might not be the best out there, but I'm the most consistent. And when, it, when you're de dealing with three, 400 cars a month, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to get every single scratch. You're not going to get every single problem out. But what you are going to do is you're going to consistently miss things all the time. And that's just what it is. No one's perfect. They know I'm human. I don't ever have to call and go, hey, I'm charging you more for that. I just put it, I just write a bill and they pay it. There's no, you know, a lot of these dealers in my area, they want me to do it for a hundred, 110 bucks. I says, this is not, you know, this is not 1999. Yeah. I, I says, I'll do, I'll, I'll pay or I'll do your car for that. But what I want you to do is sell me a car for that price back when I was paying in 1999, you do that and then we'll have a deal. They never seem to want to do that. No, no. <laughs> and now with, with, with the wholesale approach, you know, the other guys that are doing that, you know, a lot of times it's a fixed service and a fixed rate. Have you established where if they want to have additional services to where you say, Hey, okay, this is the rate for the, for the standard of what we do. But if you mm -hmm. want to have these other things done, this is going to be the cost that follows. Correct. And that's exactly how I do it. Uh, if I have to, if they a lot of them are one step polish, um, you know, a coat of wax and out the door, you know, quick and easy, bang, 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 because they don't last on the lot. We, we kind of, all my dealers know that they can count on a good 90 days on what we're, on the chemicals we're using for, uh, you know, shine and, you know, beading and stuff like that. That's kind of what they want. So um, they, I have a lot of services, but I, the, the key is, is I don't have to uh, ask them. I just, it goes on their bill and they pay it. So a lot of guys are having trouble. I see with being afraid to tell the dealer, Hey, this is going to cost more. You know, if you go in and get brakes and I pay for my brakes today, well, now you're going to need rotors. Well, are they going to throw in your rotors? No, they're not. No, no. Oh yeah. Your tires a little bald. Oh, you don't want to pay for it. Bye. Good luck. <laughs> but it's, but it always seems in this industry that it's okay for everyone to charge, you know, mechanics or tire guys or whatever can charge. But if we want to charge more, it's like a guilty sin. I, I've learned to say, not in my industry anymore. And I, I refuse to do that. My price is my price. If you don't want to, you're not the customer for me. We'll shake hands and you can go your way. And I've walked away from many guys. And guess what? They always seem to come back because like I tell them, if you go somewhere else and come back, it's going to cost you double. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, the, that's the biggest issue is you get these guys, especially, you know, that some of the dealers and wholesale guys, they've been used to dealing with a certain kind of detailer or certain kind of detail business that would accommodate and kiss their kiss their ass, basically, and, and do everything under the sun, you know, the headlights, all these things. And then as soon as it comes up to where it's like, hey, do you want this done? Oh, I thought that was included. You can't just do that. Uh, no. <laughs> and they assume that you're just going to do it. It's just going to be part of it, right? It's, it, it's here's the car. And and I love the phrase, oh, it all comes out in the wash. Well, if I'm already <laughs> starting negative and I get even worse vehicles, even on the nice vehicles I'm starting negative, I'm never ahead of the game. So how does that all come out in the wash? Exactly. They, it, it just always has blown my mind because they just – there's 
yeah, it's such a, it's good to see that you have those relationships. Now, how, once you got into more in-depth detail and of the style that you personally probably like to do the most of, how mm-hmm. did you separate that in your business? Because I'm sure a lot of guys out there always wonder, you know, how to separate the, the premium detailing services from the wholesale side and, and where that thin line is with a customer base. Um, the key to that, in my opinion, is I do all that work myself or I train one guy to just do those cars. So if I, I have I have a few dealers that are premium detailers mm-hmm. or dealers, and then I have people I have a guy who just does all my retail. If I'm if I'm not available, I have one guy who just does my retail, and he knows exactly what to expect. I pay him more because he's doing more for the car. My other detailers are doing you know quick turn and burns. They don't make as much as this guy does, but at the same time, we're all making money, so that's the key. No, that makes sense. So basically you have it separated into each sector of what, what's involved with the service. 100%. Gotcha. Okay, good. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of times people tend to be like, well, you know, I've been charging this dealer X amount of money, but now, you know, I've got these customers. I really don't know how to charge them or the dealer sent these customers and what do I do now? And and it becomes very uh, a sticky situation because they don't know what to present them in regards to, numbers that reflect on the services that they're requesting just i i guess the best thing i can say is know your value um that's the number one thing detailers do is undervalue their service they'll work on a car for eight hours to get a stain out and make 50 bucks and guess what i was that guy oh yeah i will get it out no matter what don't ever tell me something won't come out because i'll get it out but now I've worked myself into a hole and now I've you know, made 50 bucks for the day. Uh-oh, I can't pay my bills. Yeah, now so I'm going to quote you for that. And if you want to move forward, great. I'm all in. Yes. But if you don't, then I then you got to be stuck with that. Exactly. So uh, that that's the biggest thing is just don't be afraid to give a price. You know, I have a, a guy, a local detailer, and I, I try to work with him and say, hey, I want you to be a little closer to my pricing. So we're all got a mat, you know, if, if they, I, cause I send work his way. If I'm too busy, I'll send work his way. But he'll tell them, I don't know, let's just say 125 bucks and do a, a full detail. And I'm like, my man, if I send you someone over, use my pricing. Cause that's what they're used to. <laughs> so and again, he's undervaluing. He does a good job. He just undervalues his service. We have to stop undervaluing our service. We are, trained and certified i have a lot of certifications just like you do and you know what why is it okay for an ase certified mechanic to make 80 dollars an hour but we can't because we're retailers yeah and 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 here's the biggest catch that that i find crazy is that you get these mechanics that have their labor book and there's nothing wrong with this i'm not throwing shade on mechanics by any means so all you mechanics out there trust me um uh but yeah so you know you get this labor book and they go off, you know, it takes, say, eight hours to pull the engine. Well, that mechanic's just gotten so good that he could get it done in five. Mm-hmm. But they're still charging you for eight. So it's the same idea that applies to the detail inside of it. If you look at a car and you know it takes you six hours to polish, but you've gotten so damn good that it takes you four, still charge for six. You've earned that dollar amount for the six. You didn't get good to charge less. Correct. And, and that's the other hang up that, you know, I see that other details will do that they get, they get good, you know, right. <laughs> Over time, repetition, practice, perfect practice, and they get it down. I mean, compound and polishing enhancement or paint correction, whatever you want to call it. There's a point that you get so good when you do it so often that, you know, now you're just there. Right. So right. once you're that good, still charge accordingly, but don't make it sound like, you know, oh, I need to charge less because I could get it done quicker. Because now, exactly. now you're just devaluing yourself and you're devaluing the market. And I'm sure you've seen that with others in your area. I've seen it in my area as well. Some good Daily. guys that just don't charge enough. And it's like, why? Why get it done quicker? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You still should be making the, the larger amount of money. I mean, what, I don't understand what, again, devaluing your, you just devalue yourself. Yeah. You go to, take advantage of you. 
if you go to any of these, you know, uh, Tire Kingdoms, Tire Plus, any of these places, and you've got the service rider up front, when they quote you for that price, regardless if the technician gets done sooner, you're paying that price. 100%. So why can't we? Yeah, exactly. Why don't we get the same level of respect? And most of the time, we have a little bit more of a labor-intense kind of job ahead of us, too. Or just That's really nasty, too, what we're getting into, you know? We're well, getting into people's living space. It's actually getting worse and worse as COVID's going along. It's getting worse and worse. I've I've never seen this many dirty I, I detail cars for a living so I understand I, I clean cars but some of these these people are bringing out are like wow <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't make any sense to me it looks like they almost live out of their car it's it's pretty rough and I'm sure you see that on the on the used cars that get turned in I mean they're like ah I just pump oh. gas and drive I'll just get a new one and then it goes to you and it's like what happened here <laughs> you want me to polish a polish paint that hasn't been touched in you know six years but hey I got it. <laughs> so as far as, you know, with your business and the way that the industry's transitioned, you know, from going from the wholesale approach, going into coatings, at what point in time did, did you get into yourself and your business into the, <laughs> to the whole ceramic coating thing? Um, actually, I went to SEMA one year and met a couple gentlemen out there that was uh, entry level ceramic coating. Um, kind of intimidating for someone who's never done it in the beginning. I mean, now I can do it with my eyes closed, of course. But uh, I went out there and I was really, really impressed with the fact that of I how hydrophobic and scratch resistant and just the whole process. I was like, wow, this is something that I can add. And it can be pretty cost efficient. So um, as I'm going along, I come back to Ohio after SEMA, and I'm sure you know as well as I do. So as you see a new product, you're out there like, oh, let's get back to the shop. Let's get back to the shop. Yeah. All my guys. Super excited. Let me get in my corner. And I just, I work on it for a few days, and I start to code, of course, my vehicle, my wife's vehicle, my brother's vehicle down the line, and uh, just got really efficient with it. And uh, the biggest problem that I have with ceramic coating is I've had to learn not to be such a perfectionist when it comes to paint correction on them. And you got to, customers don't see what other detailers see. And I've learned from a few veterans that sometimes it's okay just to shine paint and put a ceramic coating on it. And I'm just like, oh my Lord, I just don't know if I can do it. I got to get that scratch out or, you know, it just, it's not shining the way I want. I just, I've had to learn that, overcome that. And that was a very, very hard thing for me to do. I've done it, so to speak, but I've done it. And uh, ceramic coating is doing very well for us. Um, they changed the, the bottom line and the revenue over time? Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, once you, again, process, 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 um, I've trained a few people that are very efficient with me and kind of come behind me as I'm doing everything. So we can knock them out pretty quick. Again, we just wait for our, you know, our cure times. And I mean, the bottom dollar is they make money and they're, they're good for the customer because we get a lot of, uh, I'd say I'm at about 85% return on six month maintenance. So I don't charge as much as some of the guys in my area, but I get my money in the return and get to see the customer every six months. So you have a maintenance and retention type program and you tell this to the customer up front and all that? Every every six months automatically. If you miss one six months, then I void the warranty and it is what it is. But we send out texts, emails. We got that from another company that we that we use that I'm you and I are involved with. Um, I just kind of took their their, uh, their platform and kind of applied it to my business as well, which was, you know, really great for me. So I just have someone doing that as well. Very nice. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. Now, and there's so many things I could touch on with that subject and not to <laughs> dive into it too far, but let's back up a little bit. Okay. What were you doing, you know, but prior, once you got in and everything became successful with the ceramic uh, application and that kind mm -hmm. of chemistry, where were you at before that? Were you doing traditional paint sealants? 
Uh, yes, that's all we did. Uh, Zylon. Um, so you were doing the dealership based ones. You were the, the head of that who Correct. applied it for their warranty Correct. and everything. Correct. I, uh, I did it for a lot of dealerships around Ohio, actually. Um, they, they sell, you know, three or four of them. We'd come in. I had a crew that was specially designed for that. We'd come in. We'd, you know, bang them out. But I was selling it in my shop as well because I was an authorized installer for, for them as well. So it was kind of nice. And which ones overall? You said Zylon. Which other ones mm -hmm. were those? Um. Um, we were using actually Auto Magic had a really good paint sealant that we were using back in then. So Auto Magic and Xylon were my two big ones that we were really, really using. You saw a better performance out of the Auto Magic uh, formula than the one hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Nice. Yeah, it's cool because that I mean that was that was the thing, right? That was you know late nineties, early two thousands. You know paint sealants. That was that was the name, and then Teflon, right? Teflon was yeah, the Teflon. game changer. Oh yeah, 100%. So it's it's cool to, to hear that part of it because a lot of people, you know, now you could go buy your own bottle of paint sealer damn near at the discount auto parts. Correct. So, <laughs> or, you know, some of these spray-ons. So it's just, it's cool to hear that because I, I come from that same background and, and moving forward. And did you have a maintenance plan or was that all handled through the dealership at that point? Or you just did the application and then- I did the application and then I was smart enough to do the maintenance program through my business. Ah, very nice. So you captured the customer information and followed Correct. up with them. Correct. Very cool. See that. And, okay. and, and they were okay with it. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was hiding something. I mean, they were okay with it. You're complimenting what they just sold and made money on. Correct. But you wouldn't be, you would be, I'm sure you wouldn't, but most people would be amazed. Most people don't come back for maintenance. When I, when I tell them I got 85% return, they're like, how is that even possible? Because I charge, you know, every time I, there's a fee every six months. There's a fee, so I mean it's not like I'm doing it. For, they're coming back and I'm, you know, inspecting it and doing it for free. I mean I'm charging a, a premium price every six months, but it's for, to have eighty five percent retention. That's pretty good. So it's funny we touch on this with the maintenance side. So I've I've heard in the industry, you know, mostly I think it's newer guys that aren't very educated, haven't really networked, haven't haven't educated themselves on this whole process with ceramics and how important maintenance is and how you need to be upfront with the customer. So it is a good fit for them. So they could, you know, uh, execute these maintenance plans either by themselves or bring it back to the, to, to the technician. But some of them are like, Hey, you know, if I'm putting a two year coding on or a five year coding, that coding is so damn good that you don't need maintenance. Have, have you, <laughs> have you heard well, that? I've heard that all the time. Well, when people are price shopping, that's when I hear it the most. Well, what do you mean you have to decontaminate the paint and and there's an extra cost for this paint correction? What's that? I'm like, uh, what? Like I, like, I get confused in a second. Yeah, well, we just went down the street and this guy said, you just got to wash it and, and put it on and it lasts for six years or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, six years, zero maintenance. I, I shouldn't, you told me I shouldn't have to go back for anything. <laughs> well, I can really tell you, I want that magic potion. <laughs> Star Wars, right? You got the force. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I hear it all the time. So, but I believe it or not, I actually turn people away. And it's not because I don't need the business. It's just because they're not the right fit for my company. I'm not going to put something out there and they come and talk bad about my business or it, it, it just, it's bad business in my opinion when, you know, someone, you try to educate someone and I do, I spend, I spend 30 to 40 minutes with each customer explaining my process. And they're like, well, if you're telling me this, I can just do it myself. Well, I said, well, years of training is, is, is where I'm going to go with on that. You could probably do, if I'm telling you what to do, you probably could do it yourself, but I don't think you're going to like the results. I said, no. you can and then call me when you, when you're trying to get yeah. it out. Yeah, it's like the do-it-yourself book at Home Depot or Lowe's. Yeah, you could go get the nice, thick book that explains it clear as day with pictures, right? <laughs> but the end result is still a whole other ball game. Right. You, know, you have all the materials, but a well-seasoned person doing it, psh, they can do it with their eyes closed. Like, you know, Correct. That's, that's what makes the difference. But you, you touch on such a great point that holds so much value in a business and representing as a business owner is maintenance and retention. You know, those are things that, are key to the success of a business. Yes, getting new clients, getting getting jobs, filling the day, that's great, right? But mm -hmm. it's the retention and those relationships you build with your clients 
that make a world of a difference that keep that coming back to gain years in business, not just being in business. Well, that's the thing that I'm seeing though, Justin, in all honesty is with the maintenance, they're doing every car they buy. Now they're not buying just one car. They're buying a car every two or three years. And guess what? The dealership doesn't touch it. Send it to Billy Smith. Detail Billy needs to get my car. Boom, let's go. And I get, I get cars dropped off all the time from dealers. Oh, this is uh, John Smith, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, okay, he'll call me up. Oh, yeah, I just had a new Mercedes or a new whatever. I need you to uh, go ahead and just do everything to it. So you don't even need, they don't, once they trust you and you get the trust of the customer, you have a customer for life. That's, yeah. the, reason, that's the reason why I charge a little less. I get ridiculed for it all the time. Oh, you're not charging enough for your ceramic coating. Well, I know what my market does. I have a niche. That's the reason why I, you know, these guys might get 2,500 and 3,000, you know, for a ceramic coating. Hey, you can do that. That's good for you. That's not my market. I know my market is soccer moms and daily drivers. Guess what? If I spend X, if they, if I'm under a thousand bucks and then I get it every six months, Aren't we still making the same money? Because I can guarantee if you're spending $3,000, I don't hear those guys tell me about our maintenance program. No, no, not at all. So we're yeah. still getting the same money. I just, I'm just building more relationships to where now I'm doing their uncle's cars and their mom's cars and their dad's cars. So my customer base is spreading where the guys that are spending more are still very narrow. Oh yeah, no, and that makes that makes sense. And that's like you said, you've developed a process and a niche in your market to where you know what makes sense. And plus, for the, as long as you've been there and the track record, you know your market. You know what I mean? You you hear the heartbeat of that market as to where others are still trying to figure out, you know, what the heck's going on and how they get their next job. Yeah, for sure. Now that makes a world of a difference. And you know, the, the whole maintenance thing is it that's one of the biggest things I stress to anybody is that that's no matter what it is, even if it's wax, everything has some level of maintenance all the way up to ceramics or whatever it may be, and being able to keep that customer coming back, maybe not every month or six months, maybe at least once a year, but to implement some kind of process to your point to where it may not be your process, it may not be your maintenance program, but to have something implemented at that level is, is a huge difference because then it will just help the integrity of your application, you know, help their investment of what whatever it is they spent, whether it was a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, and it keeps it going and they feel better about it. And then if there's anything that pops up, guess what? You get to be, you know, the detail God that handles it because you took care of it and you worked your magic on it after you brought it back into your <laughs> shop, brought it back out and poof, it's new again. <laughs> right, right. Um, but no, it's, uh, you know, to what you were saying earlier, you know, with coatings and all the prep work involved, you know, there's some purists in our industry, quite a few that, yeah, I've, think that the whole idea of coatings came from we have to make the paint perfect but what's funny is that paint wasn't perfect when we put wax on paint wasn't perfect when we put sealant on so now all of a sudden paint has to be perfect because you put ceramic on which i get the idea of the high solids and it makes it more you know difficult to remove the coating to have to attack those things yada 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 but at the end of the day you're providing a service for a customer and if they want clean shiny and protected but want a more relevant chemistry such as ceramic why can't you at least have the integrity to at least prep the vehicle do a, a cleaner polish if the, if the paint's not hammered and they're okay with some of the minor scratches yeah then you slap a coating on and everybody wins right you get a service they're happy as can be and the integrity behind application was still 100 percent Oh, you're right, and that's ringing in my ears. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but, because some of you and I know solely this exact thing. So yeah, no, and and it's funny because that's kind of where you know with with the whole ceramic chemistry, it's become mainstream, right? You could go in and you see all these big box brands on shelves of Walmart and AutoZone, and and they have the the word ceramic on it, so it gets harder and harder versus seven, eight years ago, where we had to explain what a ceramic was. Now everybody knows what it is and they think they're doing it with just their spray on stuff that they see on Facebook. You know what I mean? F11, and, buddy. And then you've got to debunk that, <laughs> you know, and it sucks Correct. because you don't want to throw shade on, on the brand. Cause you got, to respect the, you got to respect the guy's hustle, right? He I agree with everything I do. Boatload into marketing and he made his return. Well, 100%. It's a mediocre product. Let's leave it at that. But at the yeah. same time, his marketing was 
damn good. And he made good for him. <laughs> but it's it's the fact that now the consumer base, we have to debunk that as professionals and be like, yeah, well, you know, that's not really a true ceramic. And, and we got to get into a whole rundown and education and goes into 20, 30, 40 minutes of <laughs> educating them and trying to untangle all of what their brain interpreted it as. <laughs> true, true. But no, it's 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 definitely helped. I think overall, and it, it's a it's a it's a necessary evil because it's one of those things where now it's flooded in the market, and now we have to find ways as business owners to, you know, make sure that the customer understands that we're still offering a premium product above those store bought ones. Correct. And um, no, and I think for you know for what it's done and for what you do and how you operate, that's just super badass because there's so many people that have that issue with being able to separate that wholesale dealer work and then premium work at the same time. And the fact that you've got separate guys for separate jobs, um, you know, there's a few that I've talked to in the industry that that are capable of doing it like yourself, but it's 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 a few. You know, it's not the common to say. And that's cool seeing that you're able to operate that way and be super successful at it. Cause that, that helps a lot given that feedback as you're doing your trainings, when guys are coming up from the dealership world, there's light at the end of the tunnel for them. Oh, trust <laughs> me. Oh, there is, there is. So um, just, you know, it's, it's great because see the different type of detailers there is. I don't really understand what do you mean different type of detailers a detailer. You have wholesale detailers, and I have a couple of wholesale detailers. They are good at what they do. But if you put them on a retail, I don't think they just don't have that shine or that interior is just not as crisp as my other guy who I've trained personally and make sure this is – I want you to put my touch on this car. I don't want you to put your touch. Put my put Detail Billy's touch on it. And my guy knows to do that. And then, you know, just it's a matter of figuring out what your guy is capable of attacking that and making sure that they're the best of their ability. And I believe that I put, you know, one hell of a crew together that, you know, I'll put my crew up against anyone out there for knowledge or performance. We're good at what we do. Yeah. And never give up on your guys. When you're a trainer, you have to have patience. When they're your employees, you have to have patience. I mean, if they're just screw ups and not getting it, it is what it is. They got to go. <laughs> but you know aside from that though having patience with them and seeing the value in them and, and training them out the gate like you said you know you train them because they have uh you know habits right and yep. the habit you train them on is what they're gonna execute and to take guy from like you said the wholesale side to put him on the premium side he's so used to his habit you're almost having to retrain him so now you've got an uphill battle and a little oh, no, I know. it is an uphill battle for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why my hair is this short <laughs> Sometimes it's more like, get out of my way and I'll show you. <laughs> so you're there every day still, huh? Every day. I am a working owner. Um, I touch every single car that comes to my shop. I inspect paint, interior for cleanliness, damage, um, everything like that. Um, my prep guy preps it. Me and my daughter hand out cars every day. Um, me and my daughter have a meeting every single morning. I have a team meeting every, uh, probably twice a week. Um, key is getting, building a good camaraderie with your guys. Um, just coming in saying, Hey guys, you know what? Up? I bring my guys in, I buy them lunch. You know, we sit down, we talk about what's going on in the shop, how we can make things look better. You know, like this time of year, people tend to slack off, not do window lifts, little detail, detail things. My job is to say, Hey guys, remember, we're not that shop. Make sure we're doing this, make sure we're doing that. There's just all the little tedious stuff and working with your guys. Just that's the whole key. Making sure your guys are on point at all time is a full-time job itself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Even though you're not maybe behind a polisher, there's still a lot more work that needs to be done with those wheels turning in the business. Oh yeah. People don't get it. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as uh, in that time here and closing out, what do you have? I mean, what, what's something that you could tell everybody that, that a good takeaway that that's helped you or something that you could say that would help others? Um, don't let your business run your life. If you have kids and family, spend time with them. Uh, I did that. I've owned actually, this is my second detail shop I've owned. And my first one destroyed a marriage and, you know, stuff like that. So 
you can't make your business about everything in life. You got to make sure that you take time out for your family and your loved ones because tomorrow's never promised and you don't know what's going to happen, especially with everything going on with COVID and everything else. Um, make sure you're safe out there. You know, if you're not a mask wearer, stay away from people. You know, all my guys are masked up, gloved up, uh, eye protection. We're, we're doing the best we can. Um, we're sanitizing every single vehicle that we get into before and after. Um, I've had stickers made up, so my dealer's loving that idea. Um, every vehicle on their lot you see going down, there's 100 cars. They all got a little sanitized. Say so this vehicle's been sanitized and disinfected. So, but other than that, man, just family, family, family. That's the most important thing to me. And uh, I wouldn't be the man I am without my family. Awesome. I appreciate that. And likewise, for sure, because, yeah, balance is everything. And, and you guys hear it. I mean, this, this Billy, detail Billy, because you've earned that big time. Thank you, uh, sir. You know, 31 years in the industry, 21, what is it, 20, 20 years in, in business. I mean, this is information that obviously you've you've scraped your knees quite a few times in order to understand rights and wrongs so this is valuable information that you know just like on any podcast but from coming from a direct shop owner that's had his hurdles and had where he's basically brought two worlds together of both wholesale and premium a lot of good information here so thank you billy i appreciate it i appreciate your time i appreciate you being uh episode or Podcast number eight, I should say. I don't know. No, I appreciate it. Weird about episodes, uh, <laughs> but you know, podcast number eight. You know, as as we're developing this whole podcast platform, uh, it's it's been really cool getting you know some guests on here, especially yourself, and being able to talk shop and understand uh, your background individually, and you know all the everything that has come from that to up to today. So thanks again for being on. Thanks, uh, I appreciate how, it. How would people reach out to you or find you? Uh, Detailability on Facebook, uh, Acropro Detail. I have a business page, either one. Um, I'm on Instagram, Detailability. Everything's Detailability. So uh, if you guys want to reach out, any I, any questions, any comments, feel free to give me a call. I'll uh, be able to help you out any way I can. Awesome. Well, thank you. That's Detail Billy here on Reflection Artist Live for episode eight. And um, we have one more right before Christmas. So we're in the holiday season. So thanks again and uh, happy holidays to you and your family, Billy. Thank you. You too. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.